Often the antidote to the problems we're facing isn't some micro change. You need to put something in front of you that is worthy of who you actually are. What is something that helped you get through like the darkest parts of your life? The pain is fuel and you can let it consume you or you can use it to create something beautiful. And I just wanted your advice on like keeping your mental clear because it's like, it's so crazy here. You are great, you are powerful, you are an infinite being that can achieve anything, can have, be, do, or have anything. So give yourself the gift of putting a soul goal in front of you. How do you find your soul goal? Welcome to the Mike Posner podcast. My intention, my mission with this podcast is to unlock the magic potential inside of you. Before my dad passed away, he told me, Mike, there's two H's in life, health and happiness. I've made it my intention, my mission, to make people healthier and happier. That's our intention with all our projects, music, podcasts, books, you name it. The projects change the the mission, the intention, the core ideology does not. And so this is for anyone that wants more out of life. And we'll come back to that concept of wanting more out of life. Um, but before I come back to that concept, I want to address, first of all, why I'm doing this. What's the rub? What do I get out of it? There's a healthy tension in all of our lives between being a student and being a teacher. And we're all both of these things at the same time. Being a student is about learning. It's about receiving gifts from life. It's about amassing wisdom. Being a teacher is about giving out. It's about sharing wisdom. It's about letting go. It's about serving others. And if I did a pie chart analysis of the last, <laughs> I don't know, 35 years of my life, um, I think it would be heavily weighted in the student category. I look back at my life and the experiences I've been privileged to have, which is having a successful music career, being nominated for Song of the Year Grammy, walking across a continent on foot, being bit by a poisonous rattlesnake in the middle and choosing to keep going anyways, climbing the tallest mountain on earth, these are all permutations of me being the student, amassing wisdom, taking life in, learning. And life has a funny way of pointing one where they need to go. What I realized was some of the juice was missing in my life after I had accomplished all these things. And upon reflection, I realized that was because life was calling me to be more of a teacher. And so if the pie chart was like 90% student, 10% teacher, the last 35 years of my life, um, I knew it needed to shift to more around 50-50 for this chapter of my life. And so the wisdom that I amassed from gaining worldly success at a young age and having that not really change my moment-to-moment -moment experience of life, the wisdom I amassed from walking across this continent, the wisdom that I amassed from climbing Mount Everest and from a lot of other cool things too, is now ready to be shared. 
And I don't know about you, I don't want to look back in one year, two years, five years, or 10 years and go, hey, you know, I gave 60% of what I was capable of giving. The thought of that just makes my stomach turn over, makes me want to throw up a little bit. And in a culture where we're obsessed with longevity and being perfect, you know, I want to, I want to be used up. I want to have a, scars. I want to have wrinkles from smiling. And I want to be able to look back in one year, two years, five years, 10 years, the end of my life, and know that I gave everything, everything I had to give. And so I thank you because this show, this medium is a way I'm able to give what I believe I'm here to give, which is just what I've learned. I don't have all the answers, but I found some things that work for me. And I remember in 2018, looking in the mirror after I'd been nominated for the Grammy and after I'd made all this money and, and just thinking, this can't be it. There's got to be more. There was no color left in my life. There was no juice, no excitement. And deep down, there was a knowing that there was more inside of me. And I was either going to let it out or I was going to die. And not the kind of death that some of my friends, like Ronnie and Avicii and my father had, I was gonna have spiritual death, like walk around my life dead inside. And so I touched on this concept of wanting more out of life. But a lot of times when I find myself asking or saying or proclaiming, I want more out of life, the real question I should be asking is what if life wants more out of me? How can I give more? How can I serve more? How can I contribute more? How can I grow more? How can I be more of myself to participate in this wild show that is reality? How can I serve others? And so that's what I get out of doing this is a place to contribute. And that's not a small thing because if I wasn't doing it, something would feel off in me. So I thank you for the space, the attention, the opportunity, the love. So I was reflecting today about goal setting. And what I realized is there's a distinction between a good goal and a soul goal. Life is rigged in a funny way in that when you set a good goal, you actually don't get a good life. You, one would think if you set a good goal, you'd get a good life. But actually when you set a good goal, you get sort of a stagnant life. And when you get stagnation, eventually you'll get depression. And life is rigged this way because... When you set a goal that is too small for your soul, your mind, body, and spirit know that. And so you don't have access to all of yourself. You don't have access to your full mind, body, and spirit. And some of you may be watching this thinking, what's missing in my life? That's what's missing. 
It's only by putting a goal that's worthy of your soul in front of you that those missing pieces are now available because they are required. In order to get this goal, that's really going to push me. And what are we talking about when we say a soul goal? We mean a goal that makes you a little nervous and probably the the best indication of a goal being a soul goal rather than a good goal is you're not sure if you can actually do it. And so I've experienced this several times in my life. I'll share a few t- few stories. The first was in 2018. Uh, my father had just passed away. Avicii had just passed away. Mac Miller had just died. My boy Ronnie, who I'd grown up with, just died. And I was living in a guest house in West Hollywood. And I thought, like, there's got to be more than this. And even though everything was good in my life, I had made money, I was famous, I had been nominated for a Grammy, everything was good. I was, and I was a good person. Someone was just off. And I started to feel depressed. And I realized that those feelings of depression and something being off, that was my soul groaning. That was my soul saying, motherfucker, you got me in a cage right now. And souls don't like to be in cages. Souls like to have something that's worthy of them that they're working towards. And, and none of these feelings are accidents. Like life is rigged in a way that when you're not allowing your soul to evolve, life will give you hardship to signal to you, you're not on the right path right now. Perhaps you need to make an adjustment or a change. And there was just this feeling. I would look in the mirror and there was no juice to life. And I was thinking, where's the juice? And I remembered this dream I had forgotten about. And that dream was to walk across America on foot. It was something I heard about people doing. And I I knew my soul wanted to do that. I actually heard about it five years before I made the decision to try. But I put it on the back burner. And because I put it on the back burner, I lost the juice. I got depressed. I couldn't find a compelling reason to get out of bed in the morning. But something magical happened when I set this, not a good goal, a soul goal. I put this goal in front of myself and I committed that I, Mike Posner, am going to walk across America. Once I said that, once I said it publicly, once I knew there was no turning back, suddenly there was no more depression. I had a compelling reason to get out of bed in the morning and there was the juice was back. Because I let my soul out of the cage. Souls don't like cages. Souls like to have goals that are worthy of them. And so when you set a soul goal, a lot of times the problems that you are dealing with, whether they be depression, physical things, they're cured. They can be cured and not by a pill that some doctor's trying to sell you based upon 
you know, you're not, they're probably more depressed than you are. Like you cured it because you unleashed your soul. And John Wesley said, when you set your soul on fire, people will come from miles just to see you burn. Just to see you burn. And so I just wanted to share that distinction with you guys today between a good goal and a soul goal. Often the antidote to the problems we're facing isn't some micro change, isn't like, oh, I ate this little thing wrong, this little thing, or I slept. No, it's that you need to put something in front of you that is worthy of who you actually are. You are great. You are powerful. You are an infinite being that can achieve anything. You can have, be, do, or have anything. And so give yourself the gift of putting a soul goal in front of you. Okay. Now, I want to take some questions from y'all. What up, though? Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Amazing. Where are you calling in from? From Michigan. Let's go. Where in Michigan? Port Huron. Okay. I can't say I've ever been to Port Huron. It's about 45 minutes away from Detroit. I know where it is. I just can't say I've ever been. <laughs> so you had a wonderful question. Ask it again, please, so everyone can hear. How do you find your soul goal? It's a really good question. And, and I want to make a distinction, right? Like not every, not every soul goal is something dangerous. It's not always something crazy like walking across America or whatever, some of the more wild physical things I've done. Sometimes the goal is challenging in a different area of life. And, you know, there's several areas of life that are important, family, passionate intimacy, right, uh, finance, work, um, physical health, spirituality, friendship. Like, there's not that many areas of life. There's seven to eight areas of life that are really important. And these are some really good markers of a soul goal. One is it makes you excited. It also makes you a little nervous at the same time. And you say the Another good marker. The current version of me probably couldn't get this done. I actually have to become a better version of myself in order to make this happen. Another great indicator of a soul goal is if the stars aligned and somehow are able to pull this thing off, it would destroy all other goals I have because I would be a new person. So like, for example, with my walk or with, with climbing Everest, I had other goals in my life that I would categorize as good. But I knew if I got that one, I might not care about those other ones anymore. Right. Because I'm going to be a new person. And who knows what, what I'm going to be called to do next. So those are some indicators, but it doesn't have to always be abandoning like your way of life. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, wow, if I were to be actually the, the husband or the wife I want to be, 
if I were to show up as the son I want to show up as. And for a lot of us high achievers, we might be great in one area of business or work, but, but not in family. So those are three indicators. And look, I believe God gives us a heart to figure out what to do and a mind to figure out how to do it, not the other way around. So this, the question you're asking me is a matter of the heart. And so I can't tell you what yours is, but, but you know in your soul, in your heart. And so don't use your mind to try to find it. Use your heart and your soul. Thank you. Is it helpful? That is helpful. Do you have an idea of what it might be? No. <laughs> no. That's okay. I would like to find it. You will. And who's that little one? This is my dog, Brody. Hi, Brody. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. It was great to meet you. Thank you. It was good to meet you too. Bye. Bye. Okay. I'm going to take someone else now. What's your name, brother? My name is Timothy. And where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Orem, Utah. Utah, let's go. And I just want to say, I was in New York when Mansions 2 came out, and Somebody tagged Mansions 2 in front of my storage unit. And I was like, let's go. This is awesome. <laughs> I just want to ask, like, what your favorite piece of work is or, like, how, how your perception on certain albums have changed as you've gotten older. Yeah, it's a great question. So my favorite, there's really two questions. One is, What's my favorite? Another is how has my perception changed? The, f the first question is my favorite piece of art is the one I'm working on now. You know, at the beginning of writing a, a book. Um, and so like that, that's my favorite. You know, what I'm working on right now. I also got a new album that I'm dropping, but even that's kind of like old to me because I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of done with it. The album that I'm about to put out, mixing it. So my favorite piece is always what I'm doing now because that's, what's burning inside me at this moment and what I'm most excited about. And I always believe, I see, I hear, I feel, I know that my best work is ahead of me. It's still inside me. And as I grow as a human, I have more to share. So that's the answer to question number one. Question number two, which was, how's my perception of past work changed? Some of it I can't relate to in a beautiful way. I can still sing the song. I can feel the emotion of it. And, and it's almost like looking back at another human. But when I look at my like first pieces of art that I released more public, more or less to be in my career, A Matter of Time, 30 Minutes to Take Off, I listen to these albums and I couldn't make them now because I've grown so much. I'm not that person anymore. And... I'm so proud of the growth, you know? So literally those lyrics would not come out of me. Those songs would not come out of me now. Something else would come out of me now. And so for me, it's a, almost this beautiful um, marker of my growth as a human. Because I think I listen to some of the stuff that I'm like saying about relationships in those albums. I'm like, whoa, I really don't feel that way now, you know? And, uh, and so I feel proud of the the growth I've made as a human when 
when I listen to some of the older pieces, you know? Yeah, thank you for answering that. You got it, Timothy. Hey, listen, man, God bless you and your family this holiday season, okay? Dude, you as well. I I love that I got to talk to you. You got it, man. Love that I got to talk to you too. Mr. Posner. What up, though? What's your name, man? My name is Nathan Thorne. Love what you're sharing. Love what you're doing. And, and my question was, we're going into the studio tomorrow, and I just wanted to ask you if you have any, you know, uh, words of wisdom to, uh, to spread. Yeah, absolutely. So this, this um, is a message I got from Maria Popova, um, and it's one that I, I have to repeatedly give myself when I'm creating especially going into a studio, which has some inherent, can have some inherent pressure to it. Like you're paying for the time. You want to go in there with the attention of making something and, and you want to leave with something you're proud of. Right. And so, um, what I will say to you, and I'll say this to any artist or yeah, any artist listening in any medium, whether they're painting or whatever, your job and you're in a band, right? Yeah. Yeah. Your, your and your teammates' job is to create a piece of art that you want to exist in the world. Period. Love that. Okay. So the magic of that advice is that it's just that sentence. There's no asterisk or second sentence. Like you're creating what you think is dope what you will enjoy listening to. And guess what? No one can do that but you guys. Like if I go in there and try to make what you think is cool, I can't do it. So you're going to go in there and make what you think is beautiful and contribute that to the world. And look, thoughts might come in of like, will our audience like this? Will our manager like this? All those are noise and it's natural to have them. But just remind, when they come, just remind yourself, we're just making what we think is cool. And then the cards will fall where they lay, where they may. I love that. Yeah, absolutely, brother. And in my experience, like I've had a lot of ups and downs in the music career. I'm blessed I'm doing it. Gosh, is it like 14, 15 years? And so I've been like from nothing to number one songs, back down to nothing, back up, right? And so every time I've had success and and success in a, in a, in like a metrics kind of way, like a popularity success. It's been when I was doing that. I was just making cool stuff. And often it was pieces that I thought would never be popular. It's like, when people ask me about, I took a pill in Ibiza and they go, did you really do it? I say, yes. And they, I say, why would you ask me? And they go, because I thought maybe you just make that up to have a popular song. I said, let me tell you something. If I was trying to have a popular song on the radio, I wouldn't have started with a drug reference in the first line in the title. Like, I thought that song was dope. Yeah. But I never thought it'd be popular. And then somehow it was. So that's it, man. Your job is to make what you think is beautiful, period. I love that, Mike. Thank you so much for sharing. I, I've been reading. I don't know if you've read. I'm sure you have. Uh, Rick Rubin's book, uh, but you are speaking my language, man, and speaking yeah. the language of uh, of yeah, make what you love, and uh, you know that's it, that's all. That, so thank you for for yeah, sharing that, and thank you for your voice, man. You're such a cool dude, and hope to uh, one day uh, meet you in the in the flesh. But very cool to virtually meet you, man. Same, man. And what's your band's name? It's called Bombargo. 
Well, go make something beautiful, man. I can't wait to hear it. Thank you so much, Mike. God bless, brother. Peace. What's up, bro? The hell out. This is the craziest thing ever. I literally just got out of the shower, threw on a hoodie, saw your live. <laughs> I hope you threw some pants on, too. I, I do. I do. <laughs> What's up, bro? Where, what's your name, first of all? My name's Mike Mills. I live in South Jersey. Do you have a question? What can I help you with? So I'm actually a, a social worker. I work in patient psych. Um, I have for about seven years. And uh, I'm just, you know, curious, like, what is something that's helped you get through, like, the darkest parts of your life? Like, what's your, what's your why? What do you hold on to that kind of carries you through when life's getting difficult? Well, first of all, I want to thank you because you're doing God's work. And actually, I don't know if you notice about me, but um, if I make it to a little later stage in life, and I plan to, um, I plan to be a hospice social worker. Oh. And so I'm just like really touched by the work you do. And, and like, you know, you've chosen a life of service. And so I just want to honor you, first of all. Uh, thank you. Yeah. In the toughest, darkest times, I'm learning to ask, what am I supposed to learn from this? If I look back on my life, and I'd invite you to do the same and anyone listening to do the same, and I think about all of the biggest breakthroughs in my life. In business, my biggest breakthrough was when I had, I took a pill in Ibiza. Spiritually, physically, my biggest breakthroughs were walking across America, climbing Mount Everest. All of these breakthroughs were precipitated, preempted by really dark moments of pain. Like I chose to do those things, create those things because I was in pain. Recently I was in, I was in a chapter of pain after a, a breakup and it had a different quality because I had learned this question. What am I supposed to learn from this? And I also because I had this new frame, which was every time I'm in pain, it leads to a massive breakthrough. And so I don't know if you're asking that question because you're in one of those chapters now, but you actually have sort of rocket fuel right now. Because as much as we like to think we're growing when we're, you know, everything's going good, we don't really make big changes in ourselves when everything's going good. We make some small ones. When we're challenged, that's when we make big changes in ourselves that help us become somebody new altogether. And so if you or anyone else is in there, I'm actually a little bit jealous because you got rocket fuel right now. So your job is to direct the fuel. The pain is fuel. And you can let it consume you or you can use it to create something beautiful. And so you just got to look at, do where, where, where am I supposed to grow? I tell you the, the um, and I'll and I'll be like totally honest. When I was breakup, all my body wanted me to do was masturbate to porn and call up girls to have like anonymous sex with. Yeah, so like immediate gratification. To numb, yeah. to numb, 
And I say, you know what? I'm not going to do any of that. I'm not going to master. I want to feel the pain because the pain is showing me where I'm supposed to grow. Like pain is God's gift to show us where we're supposed to change and grow. And so whether that's a limiting belief I need to change or a skill I need to add, I'm going to use this to become a better version of myself. And so that's the gift of pain. Yeah, for sure. And that really resonates with me. And thank you for sharing that because I think that's one of the things that touches me with your music is that you kind of allow people to go through that journey with you. Um, and like you said, you know, like when life gets hard or things happen, it changes your perspective of things and you look at life through a different lens. And although in the moment you don't feel that, or you don't want to feel that, um, and it's challenging sitting with it and kind of acknowledging it and pushing through it allows you to witness and experience a different version of life than you ever did before. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just, I love your music for that. So, yeah. I'll give you one more distinction. There's a tendency that I've found in myself to think when I'm feeling pain or darkness, this isn't supposed to be happening. And, and, and somehow all the work I've done on myself and all the meditation, whatever has, it didn't work or else I wouldn't be feeling this. And that's actually incorrect. There's no going backwards. And often what's happening is your soul has grown. And so you've, you've graduated to a new plateau and you, you passed the test before. And so now you're here and you're getting, you're getting what Tony would call a worthy opponent. You get a worthy opponent that helps you grow to the next level. And so you're exactly where you're supposed to be. We're all exactly where we're supposed to be. And these challenges are gifts for us. And sometimes we're supposed to go through pain so others don't have to. You learn how to overcome it and then you can share with others how to overcome it. But yeah, you know, God gives teachers pain because we got to learn how to pass that lesson first and then we can teach others. So I think you're a teacher and you obviously serve so many other people. So I appreciate you. I honor you, man. I honor you. I appreciate you. And I actually did a, uh, a marathon and I just constantly listen to your music over and uh, the, I resonate it with uh, beginnings always hide themselves and ends. And I would just constantly yes. go through that. So uh, yes. I, won't, I won't keep you because I could literally chat your ear off, but uh, I really <laughs> do. I do appreciate you. And I'm so thankful and grateful for this opportunity to chat with you. Absolutely, man. God bless you. And I hope to talk soon. Yo, tell the people your name and where you're, where you're, where you're, what we say, not calling in videoing in, Instagramming in, IG living in from. I'm uh, Jacob Stillman. I'm in Franklin, Tennessee, so I'm a little south of Nashville. So I love it. It's slow. I don't have to deal with a lot of people. I get to hide in my little hidey hole. So There you go. Dude, I've been following you since, gosh, back in your dorm days. I remember watching videos of you just producing out stuff, and I was like, this, is, this dude's brilliant. Thank He's you. amazing. So just want to say I love your work, love your voice, what you have to say. It's great. Um, but man, I think my question is like in your life, like through fame in like in when you need to hide, like what is that golden moment for you that you really felt the oxygen in your blood? Like you lived in a moment, whatever that is, and you carry that and you kind of like plug into every once in a while. Like what is that moment for you? It's beautiful. I've been blessed 
brother that I've gotten to have more than one. And, uh, and yeah, I do meditate on semi-frequently just, just moments that I'm really grateful for in the morning. And I could feel, probably feel a couple notebooks with them. So I, I feel, I feel really blessed. Um, but one that I'll pick to answer with and expand a little upon is, is making the summit of Mount Everest. And, uh, the reason I picked that one, one, it was it was a complete what Virginia Woolf would call moment of being, and a moment of being is uh, everyone's had a moment of being. A moment of being is where everything just makes sense. Yeah, everything just makes sense, and 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 everyone's had one of those, and and some of us have been blessed to have more than one, and you know, a lot of my life is about designing it and rigging it to have more, have them more often. Yeah, so. That was a real moment of being because I made it up there and with my team and I wept because I knew what it took and and people haven't climbed the mountain. It's hard for them to really understand what it took, but it took everything. And I looked off the side and all the thing people don't realize is uh, mountains have shadows and we had timed our our push perfectly. Shout out to Dr. John, my coach. And we got there right at sunrise. And so I was looking out at Mount Everest shadow. And it's this giant pyramid, hundreds of miles, hundreds and hundreds of miles. And going into China and to Tibet. And it's just it's just a moment that you know, uh, it's hard to put in words. It's, it's ineffable. Yeah. And I want to make a distinction because you, you, you said it really beautifully, a moment you plug into. And when you're plugging into something, it means you're getting juice from it or power from it. And that's the right way to use past accomplishments. Because, I, you know, I've messed this up before. When I got off the mountain, I actually... Um, like a, a a year or two after it got kind of like dark. I felt really stagnant. I got depressed and all that stuff. And I realized that I was using my past moments not to plug into to pu- push me forward. I was using them to chill. Yeah. I was using them as an excuse to not grow anymore. I said, well, I already did that. So what do I, I don't have to do anything now. And this is actually a way to like desecrate these sacred moments. They're not there to make us feel good and make us lackadaisical. They're there as evidence of what we can do in the present moment. Yeah. And I feel like it's hard sometimes because you're like, well, what's next? Was that not good enough? You know, like, was that not it? Yeah. And it's like, we're always in this chase for whatever the opportunity is, the accomplishment or whatever, but it's like plugging into those little things of like, I can take some of those rocks away from that mountain with me and carry them, you know, and show them to people, just put them on display in here and remind myself, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we have to balance presence with having a compelling vision of the future. I lived a lot of life only thinking about the presence. And so I was like, uh, uh, 
like an Eckhart Tolle mode and I was going to be present every moment and this thing. And this is a really important skill. But you need to, I think, in my experiences, it needs to be balanced with a compelling vision of the future. And so the truth is, it isn't enough. Like if, if it was enough, you'd be dead. God would take you, right? Like if your job was done, you, would, you wouldn't be here, right? And so we, we all have more to give. And, and for, in my case, it wasn't to go climb like another mountain or a harder one or do something more extreme. It was to grow in other areas of life. Like I was a master in some areas in work and creativity and artistry. And I was like a first grader in relationships. It's like, cause I had put no time there. Right. And so often we get called to grow in some other area. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's those two things and having them at the same time. Hey, I have presence to enjoy this moment. And then I also have a thing in the future I'm looking forward to that fires me up, makes me a little nervous. You know, and it's almost like the pressure that you know you can do it like monsters or mountains, you know, whatever it is. It's like you're able to, you did this huge thing, whatever you climbed a mountain, you did this thing. It's like, okay, how do I not get stuck and remind myself, like, I did this really hard thing, I'm capable of doing hard things, and there's no excuse, you know, exactly, exactly. So you use that momentum to go forward. Hey, man, you got such a beautiful soul and smile. I'm glad we got to talk today. Yeah, you too, man. Big fan. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Happy holidays to your family, okay? Thank you, you too. Peace. Hi. Hi. I'm Ada. Hi, Ada. How are you? Nice to meet you, Mike. Where, where are you calling in from? I'm currently in Fairfield, Connecticut. Let's go. How you doing? I was living in LA for a while and went through a really traumatic breakup. Um, and now I'm here renting a cottage on the beach. Cut the fuck out of the... T hey, I pulled that move before. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Fuck this whole city. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, actually. <laughs> I was wondering if I could sing you like one minute of my new song, Fairfield. Sing it for all of us. Okay, here we go. This is called Fairfield, and I just put it out. Sometimes I don't feel at home in my own home. Is it my parents' house that I've outgrown? Or is it the fact that my room ain't my room anymore? I just want my walls to be purple with posters of Christina and Brittany. Those were the days. Everything seemed to make sense. Mm -hmm. Now I don't know where time goes, but I'm trying to slow down. How can I hold on? Everyone is running, and I just want to lay down, stay in the small town, hit the beach for the summer, be a fish in the water. I got no worries, and I'm not in a hurry. Do the things that I want. Keep going. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I just want my friends to come over. Pretend like nothing's changed and we're not 20 years older. Isn't it strange to think that we're not kids anymore? Now I don't know where time goes. 
incredible did you write it alone yeah wow yeah so since the breakup i've written probably over a hundred breakup songs and then it led me to that one which isn't really a breakup song just about me so that song is incredible you're an incredible writer and performer i can't wait it just came out yeah the song's called fairfield which is the name of my hometown yeah yeah i got it i got it Everyone, go listen to Fairfield. You're amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check out all your stuff. God bless you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Take care, everybody. Did anyone? <laughs> Why was that so incredible? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Tell everyone your name and where you're at. I am uh, in college right now in uh, New Orleans for music. So Sick. Where do you go to school? Yeah, uh, for production and stuff. No, I just... I used to see all the videos of you and like Bear producing Boyfriend, but also you out of your college dorm just producing music. Yeah. And I just wanted your advice on like keeping your mental clear because it's like, it's so crazy here. It's ridiculous. So. Well, give me, give me a little more clarity on what you mean by it's so crazy. No, yeah, just like learning a workflow is one of the hugest things. And you're balancing your home life, which is super far away. And that's super odd. I'm from Oklahoma originally, so middle of nowhere. And uh, yeah, so coming all the way out here to do that. So balancing the social aspect while still having to produce and kind of get good at what I'm hoping to get paid for, you know? And like, there's a whole lot of big weights. There's that social weight and like the family weight of expectation, but also just trying to stay out of like, as you know, New Orleans is like a crazy party scene, pretty ridiculous. So staying away from the drugs and things like that has also been proving to be a challenge because like you could probably assume at a music school, there's that stereotype there. So, so if I'm hearing you correctly, you feel pulled by a lot of things in a lot of different directions between your home and like the party scene and having a social life and then your craft. A hundred percent. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is like, you don't feel like perhaps you correct me if I'm wrong, you don't feel like your craft is progressing at the way you want it to 
because maybe there's some other t- other energy you're giving energy to these other things yes and how do you balance them all how do you balance the distribution of energy that's the way to word it yeah yeah okay so i would start with what matters to you so what matters to you uh, definitely the music uh aside from that family is a huge aspect right making sure that the relationships that have honored me i continue to honor back and what yeah Okay, so you did two things, the music and your family. Yeah. And and actually what matters is not enough. We have to then ask why do those two, two things matter? So start with the music. Why does that matter? Um, really, it's a bigger thing than that. Like music, I'm sure like it is a love but bigger than that, I feel like it's such a positive platform now. As you know, like the youth isn't listening to political figures and such. They're listening to artists, musicians, people who are talking in their ears. And of course, like, as you said, to connect these dots, my has instilled such an amount of a positive energy in me, regardless of all the good and bad times. And for me to be able to share that via a sonic medium, I don't know. I feel like that's super valuable. So why does it matter to you? Oh, 100% just because, like, I feel like I'm able to purely represent myself without judgment whatsoever. Yeah, so music matters to you because it's a space where you can be yourself. Yes. Okay, so then there's, then there's the other part. Why does family matter to you? I just feel like, uh, I don't know, being so far away from home has been a drastic shift, and it's really revealed to me kind of where my priorities lie. And I think what finding out what matters to me has becoming such a more like interpersonal thing, what, which what I was not expecting. I'm having to ask harder questions that maybe don't make me comfortable all the time. And so um, to answer your question, family is kind of like that last bit of thing of things that are consistent, things that make sense, like running from this or that or doing graphics for this band it, it feels like my life is so busy and that one aspect of family is that part where I can just turn off, whether it's myself. And so, yeah, having that far away has been the difficult part. Well, it sounds like it's also another place where you can be yourself, get love without judgment. A hundred percent, yes. So that, well, that's, that's your why for both things is you're looking for what matters to you is being able to be yourself, get connection without judgment. Yes. Is that, is that accurate? I would say so. Okay. So you got to now reverse engineer your life to serve those things. So now you got to look at your life and your life is your calendar. Okay. Like a lot of people think their life is, they think they are their words. I say this matters to me. And so it does. No, what you actually put time and energy into, that's what matters to you. And so if I'm hearing Yo, music's, and I'm not saying this is you, but it's some, some element of it is you because it's what you told me. If you're telling me the most important things are music and family, but if we look at your schedule and you're spending six or eight hours partying, what really matters to you? Partying, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with you and I see your heart. I'm with you. Those are the, those are the things that really matter to you, to your soul. 
but something's getting in the way and you're, you're putting energy over there and no one else is putting energy over there. You're doing it. So you just got to make a decision, bro. Like, yeah, you're right. No, like, like you just got to make a decision. Like music is hard. This, this industry is hard. When I was in college, I was doing this, like, and my friends were partying. I was not partying. They would go to out to the party. And that was the one time it was quiet in the dorm where I could record vocals. You know that. Right. And so you just got to like, you just got to ask yourself, like, how bad you want it? A hundred. Because if someone else is someone else, I bet you at your, at your own school, they're not going out and doing that. And maybe you're better than them right now, but in a year they might pass you. Very true. And so, look, man, I want you to have the life you want, right? So I'm, I'm reflecting to you, like, not, not partying or not giving too much time to partying and drugs. That's not, that's not challenging. You're allowing it to be challenging. It's more so the close proximity of it. I, that's one of the things that I've shifted, and you probably went through that same experience. That, like, first year or so, it's so normal for everyone to get plugged in that circle, but we've spent the past maybe three weeks in here just trying to get this EP finished and working. Get it. Get it. A, a studio booked for tonight, so please, like, get it. what advice do you have on that? Like, I'd love to hear if I don't take up too much of your time. We're uh, mastering out song. Written and finished, we just it, the master's got to be finished in the last one out of three. I don't know anything about mastering. <laughs> I was trying to make that, make that boy as loud as possible. <laughs> we have this utility, like, have you heard of Mastering by Aria? They master it via AI in this one studio, so you can get an analog master. They've got, like, whole-ass robot arms turning all the compressors and shit. So, what? Oh, yeah, insane. Yeah. Dope. Well, I need access to that. <laughs> I'm close to mastering my album. <laughs> so listen, bro, look, it is normal to be around and feel pulled in all those directions. And it, and I understand in your environment, it's normal to party. It's normal to, it's the definition of normal is to do what everyone else is doing. And so I just ask you, and I don't want you to answer. I want you to, Take this and think about it. Do you want to be normal? Because if you want to be normal, do what everyone else is doing. That's crazy, bro. That's fucking wild. Just do what everyone else is doing and you'll, you'll be normal. And you have a normal life and, and, it'll, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want something else, you got you to gotta do something. If you want something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. I love you. Thank you so much. God bless you, bro. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for what you're doing. This means a lot. Uh, Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Can I DM you a WAV file if we'll, when we're finished tonight? DM me. I don't check them all the time, so I might miss it, but send it anyways, okay? I'll just, yeah. It'll yeah. Learn, learn, from, learn from Ada. Fucking send the shit to everybody, bro. Let's go. <laughs> Peace, bro. Mike. All right, bye. Okay, guys, I'm done. I love you all. Um, I appreciate you. I'm going to do this more. So uh, if I didn't get to your question, just tune in next time. Mwah. Happy holidays. God bless you. Peace. Bye.